After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. Welcome back to 88.3 He's After further review, back at it here with David, the man of God, Harris. And now we're going to talk a little bit about first half expectations, or not first half expectations, but his thoughts on the first half of the NBA regular season. Is this the all-star break? And believe it or not, as we're taping the show, I believe the Rising Stars game, Stars Challenge, is actually airing right now. Usually I don't really watch it. They got Dirk the Diggler. Novitsky being one of the coaches. Crazy, huh? Remember him as a young yes. young guy getting drafted back in 1998. And now he's the old guy uh, here. And then the other coach, I think, is... Uh, who is that? Kyrie Irving's talking to them. Just a bunch of guys talking to the young guys. So anyway, David, what's your thoughts? Yeah, USA so versus the world. Time. Yeah, so first half of the NBA season is in the books. A couple of big surprises, but I think the big thing is, well, I would say the shot of the season so far probably is the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. I, I would say, I would say, kind of coming into the season, there were, no one thought that they would be a playoff contender. A lot of people thought, okay, another rebuild year, another okay. We got some pieces together, but I think that the way that D'Angelo Russell has really kind of elevated his game in a way and kind of listening to Spencer Dinwood talk, talk about him earlier this week, okay, he's really matured into his own and being a point guard to being kind of a leader on this team. And I think did really people see Brooklyn having – over 40 wins just the season in general, I would say no. So I think that's a, that's a big surprise, staying in the East. The way the way that Indiana is still doing this without Victor Oladipo, like, I don't know what that, what that says about this team, but like, is Indiana good? Or is it just that they're playing with this extra motivation of like, yeah, hey? Well, I think it's more or less the 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 the, the regular season. They're not going to go far in the playoffs because obviously you need stars and closers in the playoffs. But it's middle of February. It's that lull. The contenders are separating from the pretenders, and not to mention, I believe also on their schedule, you know they've they've played a bad Lakers team. You know they beat them by forty, but the, we already know the chaos with the Lakers with the youth and the trade rumors. So I don't I don't take any, especially at this time of the month in the NBA season where you know teams are kind of still like okay regular season. Uh, we're from this town to this town, this you know this city to this city playing different teams. I don't I think you'll see the Pacers kind of fall off when they start kind of playing teams who are jockeying for playoff position or 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 teams that, you know what I'm saying, it's just um, 
you know, it's like the NBA. Sometimes you get a, a part of your schedule where you just play some really bad teams or teams that are just really disinterested. You know, you got some teams that know that, you know, we, we're looking at a bigger picture. So they kind of coast through February, middle of March, and then they kind of pick it up to ramp up for the playoffs. So I, I will know who the real Indiana is late March and April. So right now I would, I would kind of hold your horses on the Indiana story. I mean, kind of along those same lines, looking at the current four and five team, Boston and Philadelphia, these are two teams that really went all in this on this season in particular. And I think it's surprising that, again, we're in mid-February, but it seems like Boston is the team that we're not quite sure where they are. It's when we talked about it during the offseason, kind of Ky- when Kyrie's on the floor, the team really doesn't look as good, especially their role players or bench players. Well, that's but because, with him, because uh, of the, the lineup. Well, that's because of the, 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 well, that's because in the NBA, the, the, you got to understand that um, it, it, the superstar league, but look at Brad Stevens' system. Though it's a more of a team-oriented system compared to where you have a star that wants to take over, and that's why I think a lot of the Rogiers and the Tatum's and the Browns really had a great season last season. It was because it gets the ball movement, gets around, everybody's going to eat. And let's face it, when you have a superstar, and Kyrie Irving's a superstar like a LeBron or a Kyrie, they're going to be a little ball dominant. And there's not what they're used to. I mean, let's face it, Brad Stevens' system pretty much made Isaiah Thomas look good. And then he left, and, you know, he doesn't play a lot of iso ball, and that's not what they're used to. And, and then also not to mention the young guys, they want to prove their worth too. So someone I am a little surprised by, Boston, but someone I'm not surprised by Boston. Now, we could be saying this in February, and then they could be in the NBA Finals, and they could get it all turned around. Like I said, the, 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 the good thing about this is when we talk about this stuff in February, it's kind of interesting to go back and listen to this show when it comes down to uh, late May, early June, and be like, well, remember that time the Celtics were in fifth place, they were a mess, and they couldn't get it together? Because remember the last few years, Cleveland was like that, and somehow, some way, Cleveland got to the Finals, so, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, and then the last last thing out of the East is which team really wants to tank more? Because the Knicks are perpetually like they're showing that they don't care; like they just want to lose. Mm-hmm. But then slowly creeping up, you got the Cavaliers who are I don't like they're trading away pieces, so it looks like they're trying to rebuild. And then you have your Bulls who change coaches. But then Otto Porter apparently doesn't get the memo, and he's out here balling out because he wants to, you know, prove something. So I'm curious which of those three, like, eventually just decide. Look, it's in our best interest. We know it's a new role. Instead of the the worst team getting the best odds, it's the three worst teams they get even odds. So may, maybe the teams in the East, kind of those, if you're a Bulls fan. Cats and Knicks fan, just like tell your team, hey, don't tank, but yeah, let's try not to win some more. Well, New York's trying to be in the Zion sweepstakes, and in a sense, I guess it's the best thing to do for them. I mean, they got rid of Perzingis in the trade, and, and, and New York needs a, a competitive winner now. I mean, and let's be honest, 
I mean, it's, it's sad that you're in one of the biggest markets in a basketball market at in, at least, and the team has been bad the last 15 years. I mean, how many really winning seasons have they had? I mean, they had that one season with Carmelo Anthony a few years ago, but other than that, the the Knicks have just been pathetic. But then again, James Dolan owns the team, and that's what it is. But they're so basketball-hungry that – you still sell out the Madison Square Garden. You still got the TV contract. So he's still making money on the team. Team is making money and they're bad. If this was any other market where, you know, maybe down south where football is religion, this team would be a little more, you know, antsy to, to, to put together a winner. But I, I hopefully one day the Knicks can get back to, you know, prominence like they were basically in the 90s and parts of the early 2000s. But it is it is kind of sad, and you know, basically, Fizdale's a really good good coach, but but it's so sad that he's you know kind of like his record is taking a hit because uh, I, I really think they got bigger bigger plans for the the team. Yeah, and just kind of real quickly on next, it seems like with the trades, like we know that they're trying to keep all this money. They're trying to free up as much cap space so they can. To this million dollar move for Durant, like it seems like they're this is the worst kept secret ever. Like the Knicks are trying to get Kevin Durant to come to New York City, and it's like, well, I, I they, think they're trying to, they're trying to get either Durant or Kyrie. You know, Kyrie's from New York, and I could see Kyrie bolt in Boston if it doesn't really work out with him. I mean, he, he obviously he wants to be the star. Maybe they try to you know get Zion Williamson. Maybe they try to entice getting Anthony Davis. I mean, basically, New York is just setting up where they can get plethora of stuff. Now, they can sign two max players, but the, the fact of the matter is who really wants to come to New York? Now, they could set this all up, and this could be a complete failure. <laughs> so, but, but but right now, I we all know the Knicks are basically tanking. They're, they're not going to say it, they're, but they're obviously going to put out B to C level players and rookies that don't know the league. Still, they don't win. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And I'll switch it and go over to the West. I mean, we can talk about the Nuggets, the Thunder, the Blazers, but again, it's February, and those are teams that have, like, probably the Nuggets are the, are the biggest surprise of the West, just because some people saw this coming, but the way that they're just blowing teams off the water, I think for me is kind of Paul George as a legitimate MVP candidate. Over and above, or kind of neck and neck more with Giannis than with James Harden. And I'm starting to drink a little bit of this Paul George for MVP Kool-Aid because he, he's he got and doing the one thing that James Harden isn't doing. He's got the points, but he's also playing defense. And it's like, how... Knowing that this is a two-horse race and every team needs at least two players just to, you know, even step on the floor and have a chance against Golden State, will we see playoff teams? Like, are we seeing Paul George being this elite guy that we saw in Indiana, or is this more of a kind of just a blip in the radar, kind of a stretch? And I'm, like, I honestly don't know because we've seen this when he was, in Indiana being the guy, but he's also with Russell Westbrook, who is basically just averaging triple-doubles just because he can at this point. 
So it's like, do you trust Oklahoma City or is it more of, hey, this is a nice story, but come on, it's Golden State. And, I mean, I'm, I think I will see for the end of the season kind of how they go. And I think another, well, not so much a surprise, I would put the Thunder up there, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Just the way that Houston looks is surprising because we all thought Golden State Houston, Golden State Houston. And yeah, Harden scored 30 straight points in 31 straight games, but you're losing to the Timberwolves. You know, you're putting up all these numbers, but James Harden, like, are you really an MVP candidate? And I know a lot of people are saying yes, but me, I guess my surprise statement is James Harden's not going to win MVP that way. Like, he's with Russell Westbrook averaging triple doubles for fun, Paul George playing defense, Giannis doing crazy things. Like, he may be fourth in the MVP right now. What? No, no, he he's at least top two, David. I mean, come on, Russell Westbrook's nowhere near being the MVP this year. The MVP actually on his own team is Paul Paul George. So no, David, no, that's that ain't gonna happen. So you know, let, let's let's get that out of our heads right now. No, he James Harden, what he's doing, especially with with Chris Paul being out and keeping those guys afloat. Even though some people might think that. Eh, it's a uh, uh, not a ideal system, so to speak. But they're going. He he's doing his thing. I mean, come on, it's it's pretty much um, uh, remarkable what he's doing. No, and I mean, I I agree that it's remarkable. It's just kind of if you're always touching the volume from possession. I mean, I would hope that you know. Like I'm not saying he's taking every shot, but I mean, when aren't we? When are we seeing other players? Take shots. It seems like every game it's like James Harden, James Harden, James Harden, and I, I don't, I don't know. Like we all say, when we Capella comes back, now that Chris is back, kind of now he's getting into his thing. That's going to take away some of his usage, but it's still like I don't know if James Harden is just trying to like high volume and do his, you know, jump into players and do the step back and all that other stuff just to keep this streak alive because he knows that the streak is basically going to define the season for him more so than anything that we'll see in the playoffs. I just, I'm just thinking if I had to choose between Giannis or even if we just do Giannis, Paul George and James, I'm I'm still picking Giannis and PG against him. That's just me. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, but I, I, like I said, I, I, I would probably for my MVP probably. I'm gonna be honest. I would actually probably have James Harden. I mean, just the stuff that he's doing is just pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I mean, I gotta you know, say, and we, we'll have. I mean, it's, again, it's mid February, and we don't know how the rest of the season will unfold. And we also know that a lot of these voters look at team success. Above you know individual statistics, I don't know about I I don't know about that. Russell Westbrook won it, and you know there's some people saying that you know I I I really think that there's some things that you know obviously staying in the games for blowouts to get you know consecutive streaks for thirty some points per game, but you can't really 
Still, even with that being said, the stuff that James Harden is doing, doing Wilt Chamberlain-like things in this day and age of the NBA, you, you got to give him credit for what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, anytime this gets a conversation and the only other guy is Will Chamberlain, Dorian gets multiple times, like, that puts you in that rarefied air. It's just kind of, I think for me, he goes, I don't know. It's early in the season. I would, like, I, just the way that Milwaukee is just flying teams out of the water, in the way Paul George has really propelled himself to be the number one option in Oklahoma City, I guess. That's where I'm kind of at. Because we know James Harden score, score. Like, we know that that's his game. It's just, it's that defense. It's that other side of the ball. It's that Achilles heel that James has had basically his entire career. But it'll be interesting kind of in the second half of the season who pulls away, who elevates, and whether James Harden can continue to keep this off. Because, like you said, like, He's going to need to for them to stay in the playoffs. Then, I mean, the, you know, Anthony Davis saga is a huge surprise. You know, he's going to force his way out. We already seen that Dell Dems got fired because he played, you know, he basically allowed Anthony Davis to get hurt in the eyes of some people. No, he but got I fired think, because of the whole chaos and mess that happened with that trying to leak. He, he was leaking information about the trade to basically screw up the Lakers. But not to mention, Dell Demps has never been known as a great GM anyway with New Orleans. And he was kind of on the hot seat the last couple of seasons. And basically, they thought he was going to get fired. The, the thought was he was going to get fired last season. But... New Orleans did very well last season, swept the Blazers, got beaten the second round by the Golden State Warriors. So people thought, okay, it was on an upward swing. Now, everyone kind of knew that once Anthony Davis signed with Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's company and Rich Paul, that probably he was going to be gone. gone. Right. But they said, you know what, we'll still give Dimps, you know, a second chance. But Dimps, though, was not really known as a great GM anyway. And if it wasn't for the the Pelicans actually doing pretty decent last season, he probably would have been fired. So he kind of delayed the inevitable with having a pretty good above average season for New Orleans. So, but I think the last straw came with that whole debacle, and then Magic Johnson saying that Dems did this. You know, it just it just isn't right. And Davis, I think New Orleans also trying to save face and say, look, we're trying to be committed to us winning here, and and. And, you know, we want you to stay. Now, his mind is probably made up, but I think New Orleans pretty much made Dimps the fall guy. You were going to fire him anyway, but it would have looked bad if you fired him after last season. But they're saying, now, look, we're we're now determined to get a winner. And I, I think that's what they did with the, the firing of Dimps. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks bad regardless. Like, especially anything post that trade deadline, it just looks bad oh, because yeah. we all know that's the – the New Orleans Pelicans and the NBA really don't have the greatest relationships in general. So now they see another one of the superstars basically in a lot to go to a team in Los Angeles to a bigger market. Now, and we all know, like, again, clutch sports, the LeBron connection. And once that happens, it's like, okay, you're gone. Like we, we know, like you can't keep a secret. I think it's more surprising. And I think probably what led to his firing is that, 
you then trade him at the deadline to just kind of save yourself and the organization from not having to deal with Anthony Davis for the rest of the season. Because now it's a storyline. Now that Anthony Davis has heard, okay, what does this do to his trade value? Can you get a suitor to, you know, to give you as much as you were requesting in the deadline? Like, I think, I think the Pelicans are making a difficult situation just that much more difficult, just with the way that they're handling this whole thing. And Anthony Davis is sitting there like, hey, I'm already, you know, one and a half feet out the door. What do you want me to do? You got a good part. Any other any other thoughts before we get on out of here? And, and the last one, the collusion that is the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> LeBron James once again coming in. Now he's disgruntled because everything isn't going his way. <laughs> Sorry, LeBron. In the Western Conference, you can't just you know tiptoe your way to an Eastern Conference final. Like these teams out here, like actually play decent basketball. And well, well, you, whoa, 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 whoa. He knew what he was getting into. He knew that the Western Conference has been a, a bloodbath, and he went to the Lakers. Now he could have I, I easily stayed with the Cavaliers and and tip to tiptoed through the the the, uh, the the conference. But the thing that that gets me is, is I think talent wise, even though they're young, talent wise, his Lakers team is better than a couple of those Cavs teams the last couple of years, and they're struggling. And I, I really think that when he's there, they do better. But I, but he knew what he was getting into. This is the thing about it. You you can't be disgruntled and know what you're getting into. LeBron, you're a smart yeah, guy. You, you own these businesses. You're doing all this stuff. You knew when you were going to the Lakers that Luke Walton was going to be the coach. You knew that these guys were young. You knew they didn't make the playoffs last season. Okay, you try to bring in some some veterans with you to, to try to compete. And like you said, now you're all disgruntled because the stuff's not working out the way that you wanted it to work out. I like LeBron James. I do. I, you know, I admire him in a, a lot of certain ways. But there's some things that are making me turn me off to respecting him as an all-time great. You know, I, I hate to say it, but if you're going to just be a, a straight jack wagon to people, then you might as well be like Kobe and Mike and just come out and say it and stop playing the mind games and the subliminal passive aggressive crap just just come out just if you're going to be the jack wagon just come out and be the jack wagon you know i it just sometimes i just feel that the, the lebron james doesn't want to be the jack wagon because of his image and his brand and he wants to be this nice guy but you're you're a shady individual <laughs> that looks even worse at least jordan and kobe just came out and said it like hey dude you suck or hey dude you're not pulling your weight they come out and say it, and if that's if that's what's going on with the Lakers, then LeBron needs to come out and say it, or you know, get on the teammates, to you know, come up to my level. You know, we it's nothing personal, but we trying to we trying to you know, we got bigger goals here. But now all of a sudden he's always you know I always think it's interesting he's always undermining the coach. You know, what's wrong with Luke Walton? I don't I don't think anything is wrong with Luke Walton. Has he ever thought in his mind? Maybe come together with Luke Walton and say, you know what, let's make this work together. But instead, he wants to go ahead and just basically, let's get rid of coach, let's bring in my guy. You know, they're talking about Jason Kidd coming in. I mean, it's just it's just the, the whole thing of the buddy-buddy system, whoever you're a buddy-buddy with. And it, and it makes you kind of think, see why 
Cleveland wanted to kind of part ways with him because you, you who's running the organization, the GMs and the guys that we're paying and the owner, or is it LeBron? I mean, that's just yeah. a question. You got a question you got to ask yourself. Like, dude, who's really running the organization? And he's just coming in there, and, and he's been like that for years. But just to me, it's just like, you know, I understand, you know, it's not shut up and play basketball. I Like I said, he's a tremendous talent. But, you know, my thing is be a problem solver. And he's not really a problem solver. He just basically – wants to come in and just, you know, bring in my guys and that'll solve the problem instead of trying to work. Because you got some talent there in L.A. Young. But you got some talent there. And I, I really think the Lakers really, with the Pelicans and Dems messing up, really saved their franchise. Because think about it. Every franchise that he's been with, he goes in there, he brings in those veterans. Yeah, you're winning now. But then once he leaves, you're basically your team is trash. He did it once. He's done it twice in Cleveland. He did it with Miami. And to sell the farm for your team for LeBron's wants and needs, I'm the Lakers. Like, no, dude, you came here to sign with us. We're glad that you signed with us. But look, let's make this. You knew what you were getting into, so let's make the best of this situation. Yeah, and like that's that's my thing. Like knowing, like I think some people were trying to say, "Oh, LeBron's going to come in here and win championships." Like, no, like I, I knew that coming in. Like he was going to. Like you said, he's going to do his good thing. He's going to bring in his guys. He's going to try to bring in another superstar, which if I'm LeBron James, like like you said, like you tell Kuzma, hey, you have the potential to be a superstar. Ingram, I know you're, you know, hit or miss, but if you can be consistent here, let me work with you and help you be consistent so that you can be a superstar. Like these guys are second and third year players in the league. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can bring in, and Anthony Davis, you can bring in uh, whoever. You can bring in a Clay Thompson and bring in a super team. But, yeah, that's three superstars. But then the rest of your roster is, what, one-year veterans like Lance Stevenson or DeVale McGee and then all these bunch of young guys. So so then what? So if you have a situation where you need to go to your bench, then you still have to turn to the aging veteran or the young guy. So why not just? I understand you want to play, you know, you want to have a clutch sports LA and, you know, make this your team like you did in Cleveland. But I think LA situation is more like what happened in Miami where, yeah, you can try to run things around. You can try to boss around the coach, but in Miami, Pat Raleigh wasn't having it. And I know magic needs to, you know, get some bass in his voice and say, Hey, like we ain't having this either. I played under Pat Raleigh. So I know, you know, that intensity. So I think I think ownership has to put and management has to put their foot down and be like, hey LeBron, I know you want to orchestrate, I know you want to do your thing, but we we've had this little project that we've been working on for two or three seasons. Where we've gotten rid of the old we've gotten rid of Kobe. This is the post Kobe era. This is why we have all these young pieces around here. So we don't want to do another project and rebuild just because you walk in the door and want to, you know, create Cleveland 2.0. Like, who is that helping other than you and your brand? Because you're, like, yeah, you're right now three games out of the eighth spot. And let's just say you get into the playoff as a seventh team. Do you think you can beat Denver four out of seven games? No. We know if you're the eighth seed, you sure as heck can beat the Warriors. 
because Steph Curry can shoot, you know, 23s and just laugh in your face the entire time. Right. Like, so it's like, where, where are you going? As, like, do you want to get in the playoffs and lose in the first round so that you have a high draft pick? Or do you want to kind of have this rebuild? And, yeah, it may stink that, hey, LeBron's going to miss the playoffs. You know, it's going to hate, hate you know, ratings are going to plummet and everyone's going to think it's a crisis. But I think what's best for the organization, and I'm saying this as a Lakers fan, like, hey, like, let's just keep building through the draft. We've got some pieces. We've got some steel. If LeBron wants to bring in one of his dudes, fine. But don't bring in one of these dudes that's going to cause us to have to reshape this entire thing. Because we're not doing another rebuild. Like, we're already in the midst of one. And we know LeBron... We got to get rid of all these old expiring contracts, anyways. Once you leave, so don't don't you know strong arm us into trying to win a championship, knowing that you have to go through murderer's row just to get out of the whack. Yeah, that's true. Well, David, it was a long, long segment. Uh, what you got planned as we're gonna get on out of here? Yeah, All Star Weekend, and you know AAF. So we too, maybe maybe we'll see the new look Lakers in the All Star game on Sunday. Ooh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be a possibility, as I know a lot of people don't like the NBA All-Star game. I think it's one of the better All-Star games. Obviously, it's better. I think better than the NHL All-Star game in the Pro Bowl. And I think Major League Baseball's All-Star game is boring. People say there's no defense, but it's 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 inter- everyone should know. All-Star games are entertainment. But, uh, David, man, once again, thanks for always calling in. What's the weather like down there? Uh, it's nice, cool. Cold weather, actually, perfect for football. Yeah, that's true. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have a Columbus team down there. Yeah, I mean, some people think that Ohio State is a pro football team, and I mean, they get paid like it. Did not mean to say that on air. <laughs> All right, David, take it easy, man. All right, see you next week. Yeah, that was David, the man of God, Harris, with you, giving you a little bit of the first half NBA recap, some of his uh, surprises from that. Also. Thanks to Frank Bastion calling in for his NHL power play. We talked a little bit about the AAF and the Kaepernick collusion. Uh, case is pretty much looks like it's case closed for David and Frank. I'm Derek Lawson with a presentation of 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. 11 to 1. Peace. We're out.